Hi, and welcome to Your Best Self podcast, where my aim is to filter out the nonsense that the media and diet culture has led you to believe and give you evidence-based dieting and exercise advice that allows you to feel less overwhelmed and more empowered to make choices that fit around your family, career and goals. I want you to finally stop yo-yo dieting and achieve the fat loss results that you want and deserve in a healthy and sustainable way. Results that allow you to show up as your best self for you and everyone around you. I'm Heather, mum of two, EIQ certified nutritionist, PT and lover of all things fitness. My goal is to make your fat loss and fitness journey easier by sharing tips and advice And if you want some extra help and support on your journey, then details of my coaching can be found in the show notes. Hi, and welcome to Your Best Self podcast. So I'm so excited uh, to let you all know about the guest that I've got on today. Um, It is Lorraine, and she is a menopause specialist, can we say? Yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah. I think we're getting, getting to that stage, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Lorraine, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Um, I've asked you on to just have a chat about kind of, all things menopause. Um, because I have a couple of clients that are currently going through the menopause and the kind of me- perimenopause, um, but also... I do think it's something that all women should be thinking about as there are lots of lifestyle changes that you can incorporate like early on that's going to help as you you get older um, and I'm sure we're going to cover this later uh, but it's not I kind of think sometimes that people see menopause as like a niche topic but it's not like it's going to affect affects all women and yeah and you actually go through a considerable amount of your life as a woman through menopause menopause or perimenopause so I think that gaining knowledge on it is very empowering for all women and men if they're listening because you're going to have women in your life and it's good to know the the symptoms and what women are actually going through um, regardless of uh, age so I'm going to get you to introduce yourself and I hate these things as well but (laughs) just um just tell us a little bit about you and where you work and who you work with yeah, so yeah, I'm uh, Lorraine and I am a 43-year-old mum of two teenagers, lucky me, <laughs> um, and I work, say I work in the nutrition and fitness field, so uh, my business uh, background, sorry, even is actually in finance, in economics, my degree was in economics, so I did that, went to London, worked in finance, um so you know stressful job all that kind of stuff and then children came along so two children moved back up to Scotland and spent the next eight eight years living in church halls and schools and nurseries and all that kind of stuff (laughs) (laughs) which is no you know you compare that to the stresses of a high-flying investment banking job it's actually pretty you know it's up there with that (laughs) So, so that is the kind of background and then when it's time to go back to work I did kind of dip into finance again a little bit but it was sucking the life out of my soul I had no interest in it whatsoever so it was time for me to focus on something that I was passionate about and I've always been through everything that I've done um, really interested in nutrition and fitness so decided to 
go down that route, nutrition coaching, first of all, and then in personal training as well. So that's been a few years now that I've been coaching. And over time, more and more of my clients then were female and kind of drawn to me, I think, as well, just through who who I am, my my age, experience, all, all that kind of stuff. So that's when I decided to um, really focus then on women kind of 40 plus um, yeah. and a huge um, factor then is menopause and perimenopause yeah. so that's when I then started to do some extra qualifications in that field and I'm so glad I did because it is as you see it's a huge huge topic it's something that is going to affect every single one of us mm-hmm. um, when you're in school you learn all about periods and your menstrual cycle all that kind of stuff but you don't know it anything about what happens at the other end yeah you know you're you're as soon as your period starts you think oh god that's me for like pretty much for the rest of my life that's what you think mm-hmm. at that stage yeah and then suddenly it's like oh my god we're, we're at that other end what, what's happening what do we expect what is our body's going to go through you don't know so mm-hmm. that's why i decided right this is where my focus is going to be i want to empower women and like knowledge is power so exactly. that's a, a huge huge part of it so mm-hmm. that's how I got to where I am today I do work um based out of a gym a crossfit gym in air so I work kind of face-to-face with women there but also I do a lot um online as well so very interesting and um we are also also spoke about briefly that I'm getting involved with a new menopause clinic that's opening up um locally as well which again is going to be a great facility with so many different practic- practitioners there um to help women so it's a, a topic that's growing arms and legs as it should be it should never yeah. be taboo it is yeah. something that's you know yeah. going to if you're a woman that sounds amazing like especially the clinic because it, it can be difficult um <laughs> like depending on what gp you're in as well like they are like overworked and understaffed yep. and yep. it can be so hard to to go um or to get an appointment and also like you say like, it, like some people think it is a taboo top uh, topic and yep. a lot of women are they don't tend to advocate for themselves and and go and, and sometimes I think as well like the, the symptoms of menopause can be very vast and you might not realize that some of the symptoms okay. you've actually okay. got are yep. down to menopause exactly and that's quite that's a, that's a huge issue so I've many women clients who exactly that have been to the GP just not feeling great never not even realizing that they were kind of experiencing menopausal symptoms but being fobbed off with the GP the problem as well is the GP you know your appointments are very small so they're looking for you know specific symptoms you know straight off the bat but actually a lot of these women don't really know what they're they, they can there's lots of little symptoms Mm-hmm. Um, that can just be put down to stressful life. You know, you're you're busy running around after after children, maybe teenagers, um, aging parents, stressful jobs, and a lot of the symptoms can be just put down to that. And scarily, a lot of women um, are given antidepressants straight off yeah. the back, anxiety, all that kind of stuff, and they're given drugs. You know, that ten minute appointment off off you go. So it's quite scary the number of women who've been not turned away from the GP but not really taken um seriously mm-hmm. which is why then the lady that's opening up this clinic felt the need that you no know, you know women need to know that they're going to be taken seriously 
um, yeah. and there's lots of knowledge going to be available here so mm. it's great no that is good and like if we just like maybe just briefly can I touch on what exactly menopause is um and like some of the common symptoms that women might experience yeah. like if there's anybody yes. yeah definitely so taking a step back what is menopause so menopause is actually one day so menopause is that one day where you've not had a period for 12 consecutive months so that is menopause anything before that is perimenopause anything after that post-menopause so we talk about menopause a lot but generally and that is referring to the symptoms we have prior to that one day so mm. perimenopause really is where a lot of the, the issues arise yeah. and perimenopause itself can last 10 to 12 years so wow. it's a, it can be a huge um, period of time yeah the average age for menopause itself that one day the average age is 51 mm-hmm. but for perimenopause usually about 45 is the kind of average age um anything before that and there, there are women who have early menopause um in specific conditions but anything before 45 between 40 and 45 is generally classed as early menopause um, or early perimenopause if you like so the majority of symptoms that you'll you'll hear and you'll know but again quite limited the um the symptoms that we're told about and we're aware about so we hear about hot flashes night sweats and brain fog we're mm-hmm. really the kind of key ones that that you hear about but actually um the list is huge and yeah. like you say, a lot of them get yep. caught up in just everyday kind of kind of stresses so mm-hmm. some of them obviously say hot flushes um night sweats irregular periods brain fog anxiety one of the biggest ones that I have come across with my clients is aches and pains, mm-hmm. joints and aches, sore joints, aches and pains. Um, you can experience headaches, dizziness, heart palpitations, dry skin, itchy skin, dry eyes, um, like a complete exhaustion, crying spells, irritability, memory loss. Um, urinary symptoms mm-hmm. loss of interest in sex weight uh, weight gain it goes on and on and on and sounds wonderful doesn't it but that's <laughs> all that's a lot of the symptoms and mm-hmm. why is that right so what's actually happening in your body is that basically your body's coming to the end of its reproductive cycle so mm-hmm. you they're no longer um producing eggs so people quite often think that get a bit you know we talk about it being taboo but people get a bit you know um maybe embarrassed about it thinking oh does that mean I'm getting old does that mean I'm, I'm over the hill and actually yeah, it's just a physiological mm-hmm. physiological thing there's nothing you can do about it it's determined from the day you were born the amount of age you have and yeah. that's it so why are we embarrassed or ashamed about it you know it's it, it's crazy when you think about it like that so your ovaries um reduce obviously your eggs eggs are reducing so it's stopping to produce the eggs which means the hormones involved in that start to reduce so the hormones involved the big one is estrogen but we've also got progesterone and testosterone so those are the the three hormones that are involved in um, your ovaries and your menstrual cycle so once that function starts to to slow down your hormones will start to slow down but these hormones, particularly estrogen, are not just involved in your ovaries and all that. They are involved in so much in your whole body. Yeah. You have oestrogen est- receptors all over your body. So as soon as that starts to leave your body, 
wham, you feel this, you know, whole load of full body symptoms, which mm-hmm. are, it can be quite debilitating. But actually looking at it this way, you're thinking, what is menopause? It's actually a hormone deficiency. Because yeah. these hormones are leaving your body and that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of basis of why you start to get all these symptoms and physiologically what is going on inside mm-hmm. your body. And I think just just that, just understanding that, that you know, it's it's a hormone deficiency can yeah. actually really help. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. It's kind of like when you're speaking about um like fat loss with clients and it's like or mm-hmm. like gaining fat or fat loss, it's like energy really, isn't it? Like yes, if you can yep. take that the, the emotive aspect away from it, it can be a lot easier for people to understand and to potentially go to the doctor and say about their symptoms and exactly what they're going through. Yeah, definitely. It was funny because it was when I was going to like doing some research on on this and I was looking at like the estrogen receptors and I was like, I, I didn't I was like, oh my God, I, I just wasn't aware mm-hmm. of quite how big a role estrogen has in the body. Yep. And I it's guess massive. it makes it makes sense, like when you have all these like varying symptoms, like when you see the list of like um, some of the roles of estrogen, like you're like, right, well that that does that does make sense, but just they're everywhere. Absolutely, everywhere, and it does it affects so so much, and to be hit with it all 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 at once, mm-hmm. and you can understand why you know women are obviously on the lookout, you know, if you're possibly getting to into your 40s getting to that age you you know it's coming so you might but you'll be looking out for the obvious things that you've heard about you know the the periods the hot the hot flushes the night sweats that's the kind of things that you're looking for you don't really pay that much attention to all these other um side side effects until Mm -hmm. you you see you can maybe see a list and be like holy moly so that's one thing that i would say and i would recommend everyone as soon as you're potentially thinking that there might be an issue there or for anyone just for information like you say we're all going through this so it's um it's useful for everyone to know is there's lots and lots of um, symptom checker checklists out there mm-hmm. and it's absolutely worth having a look there's some like in excess of 30 um symptoms and these lists are really good because you know obviously it, it, it is a list but there's a little tick box beside it so you can mm-hmm. go through the list and tick off where you are and date it where you are now, but then do it again in a couple of months and yep. do it again in a couple of months and again check off what symptoms you're having and notes if you can. And that is a brilliant thing then to take to your GP. Yeah. Because that is, you know, you need to have some sort of information to show them. Mm-hmm. And and that for them, that would that would kind of show the progress um, yeah. as well of, of your symptoms. So yeah. that's a really good thing to do. Because that's what I was going to say, like, because you want to be able to to go to your GP and advocate for yourself, don't you? And like have like, yeah. so if you've got a list of and having it over like a few months, you can notice trends in yeah. like in different things that are affecting you so that they can't just say, oh, you like, here's this antidepressant or here's this or here's this, like, um, like they, they, they have to, and, and I guess it's as well, like it's having the, the knowledge and understanding to be empowered to actually stand up for yourself and advocate for yourself at the GP when they are, because let's face it, not all GPs are, are um, created equal. Like you'll have some amazing health, uh, GPs, and it might even be worthwhile if you're when you're going to the GP if you you are having symptoms to potentially look for like if your surgery's got like a women's health GP. Yes, um, definitely. definitely. 
that is a huge thing a lot of gps are obviously depending on the person themselves but obviously their kind of age and era as well so you know this is something that a lot of gps have never really had a lot of training in either so Mm -hmm. a lot of their views and opinions are quite outdated so you know that um hearing these symptoms again they've only got a small window to see to see as well but their views are maybe stuck in the past a little bit but Mm -hmm. as a as a woman going to the doctor you know your own body and you know if something's not quite right so the more information and knowledge you have before going the better and absolutely ask for a second opinion if you feel that you do not get taken seriously Um, absolutely try and see someone um, someone else yeah and um, obviously like if your area's got like a clinic like what you have like I know that it's not run by the NHS the clinic but yeah. if you feel that you're not getting seen and you're not getting heard like that could be an option as well absolutely there is and hopefully you'll know yourself from media it's much more spoken about yeah. openly now you've Davina McCall and you've got yeah. all, all this kind of thing so it is becoming less of a taboo subject and hopefully it will become more widespread. There'll be much more resources available to women. Um, and it is going to be, hopefully, hopefully um, most doctor surgeries then would have someone <laughs> that would be able yeah. to see you and take mm-hmm. you seriously. Mm-hmm. So if we can talk about like the treatments for, for menopause, like, obviously like we are not GPs, like you, we have, we can, ad- we can give you information and invi- advice, but you have to, because I think the thing about, um, like some of the treatments and 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 every single woman is going to be very individual and their their cases are going to be individual their symptoms are going to be individual their genetics their their lifestyle their um like there's going to be lots of lots of factors going on there that that we can you can't blanket treatment for exactly. menopause exactly. exactly um but some yep. of the common treatments yes so the number one treatment that you'll have heard of most people have heard of is hrt um and which stands for hormone replacement therapy and given what we've just spoken about menopause is a hormone deficiency estrogen leaving your body it kind of makes sense then you're thinking hormone replacement therapy that's simply what this is trying to do is give you back these hormones that you're losing so for me that was a big a big moment a big light bulb moment i think as kind of strong independent women you know, I've always been like, no, I can do things on my own. I, I, I don't need extra help when it came to, you know, having children as well. It's like, oh, I'm not going to need any medication. I'm not going to need any help. I can do it on my own. And the same was my view for um, menopause as well. It's like, oh, when I get there, I'm not going to need HRT. I don't need anything. I can battle through this myself. But then when you realise what it actually is, you think, hey, why would I? Why would I not want help? yeah or now obviously there is like you say there's specific medical conditions everyone everyone is very different it's suitable for some not suitable for others myself i have a history of blood clots and dvts so i was always on the mindset well i'm not going to be able to take anything like that anyway because of my my condition but actually when you do the research i will do now because technology and it has advanced so much that a lot of the old kind of scare stories and things are just simply not the case not the case anymore so for me uh, with clotting issues you get a patch so it's something that goes on your skin rather than taking medication so it means that would be safe for someone like me mm-hmm. so hrt hormone replacement therapy like, there's many different forms of it so obviously we've spoken about the hormones estrogen progesterone and testosterone 
and every woman will require a different dose of each. So it can t um, be taken in different ways. So it can be a tablet, it can be um, you can get patches, you can get sprays, you can get gels that you just you know put on put on your skin. Um, you get estrogen only. You can get combined with progesterone. And some women might need um, testosterone as well. And a lot of this will depend on if you have, um, if you still have a womb, if you've had a um, hysterectomy, etc. There's lots and lots of different variables, but there's, yeah, I see, lots of different options. Now, this is where it gets tricky, where, given the current situation with the NHS, and it's, it can be a struggle to, you know, to, to see GPs and, like we said, get good advice in the first place. Is that this needs to be an ongoing treatment? Okay. You can you don't. I've, I've heard of a lot of women who have gone to the GP. They've been prescribed something. They've got it, and then they're just left to their own devices. And that should not be the case. Like they'll, they'll still be taking this, the same dose, the same um, the same treatment for a year longer than that, and that should not be the case. It can take months and months and in excess of a year to get the right dosage and method for you so mm -hmm. it needs to be something that need, that should be followed up so yeah. you should get your um wh whatever um treatment that is initially recommended and then you should be going back for blood tests to see how how that's affected and then they'll increase your dose maybe switch things out add things in and so it can take it's not an instantaneous um, mm -hmm. solution it can take a long time to kick in but from the experience of my clients it can be an absolute lifesaver. You know, the, yeah. the reviews are wonderful. You know, like so many of these common um, menopause symptoms get so much better. And, you know, they're thinking, why did I not do this sooner? Which is a good point as well, actually. You do not need to wait until your symptoms are debilitating before going on something like HRT. You can take it right at the start of, mm -hmm. and actually... Um, quite often, the sooner you take it, the better, the longer you're going to have. Um, the hormones in your body. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it is, it's always going back to that and remembering what it's doing. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's giving you these hormones. So you don't need to be a martyr and think, I'm going to do this all on my own. It's there to help. And I say, we know it's not going to be compatible and um, the right thing for everyone. But for a lot, a lot of women, this is just just what they need. So that's the 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 main kind of treatment mm -hmm. is yep. HRT. Um, for other women or for women that maybe don't want to take it, there's the other options are more kind of holistic. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got your kind of herbal rem remedies, which again are not without the risks. So you, you don't think that oh, because something's herbal and natural that it's, it's going to be absolutely fine for you. You need to research everything that you might take and so do your own research on that kind of thing mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, can, it can interact with some drugs as well some of the yeah mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly that and they can be quite powerful these um, natural herbal remedies so mm -hmm. definitely check um on your own situation um, and also what i would say is try and think about the symptoms that you're having a lot of women and I'm not going to say diagnosed with menopause because it's not an illness, but when it's <laughs> yeah. confirmed, confirmed that they're perimenopausal, then they immediately, right, right, what can I take? What can I take that's going to make me better? Yeah. And there is no 
you know, we've spoken about HRT, but there is not one, like one size fits all pill. Think about, like, because you'll hear women who have been talking to their fat friends and pals, oh, I take this, oh, I take this, I take that. And so they're immediately, right, that's me, I'm perimenopausal, give me, give me, give me, what can I take? It's like, step back and look at the symptoms that you're actually having and mm-hmm. try and get something to treat those symptoms. Yeah. So if it's lack of sleep, then look at that. Mm-hmm. And you know if that if that's the the big issue that you're having, then make sure that's what you're looking at to try and make it better, rather than taking whatever it might be that that your pal's taking. She could be taking it for something completely different. And um, so really focus in on the symptoms that you want to try and make better mm-hmm. um, yeah. on your own. That's um that's such good advice as well because I guess it's like as well because if when you think about all the symptoms that menopause or perimenopause can have, like. It, if you if you're starting to feel those, you want them to stop immediately because they can be so debilitating and they can impact your life so much that you do like a, a lot of people want to, to stop, like they want that feeling that are these symptoms to stop, so they will get. I don't want to say that kind of desperately, but they will be willing to try yeah. a lot yep. of things. Yep. Um, yep. To help. What about like um things like CBT or like yoga and like stress management? Does Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the biggest things that um, for women in perimenopause is stress. And we want to keep your stress levels as low as possible because estrogen is something that helps to regulate your stress levels and your cortisol levels. So cortisol and stress, stress is a natural thing that happens to us all. It has its place. You know, originally back in the day in cavemen days, you were being chased by tigers. So stress is there to heighten everything. Um, so that you can run away from the tiger and then you know it's that fight or flight thing but then the tiger's gone your stress levels reduce and you go back to normal so it has its you know its place in nature but in the society we live in today when we're living such busy stressful lives unfortunately what happens is our cortisol level stress levels are heightened quite a lot uh, which leads to chronic stress particularly then women who are perimenopausal they then don't have the estrogen that usually tries to tries to regulate the stress so Mm -hmm. um pre-perimenopausal your um, estrogen does play a role in bringing your cortisol levels back down again enter perimenopause life is stressful anyway um, with you know things that we've mentioned already busy lives without having that um, estrogen to bring those levels down it's you're constantly stressed which just makes everything so much worse so we need to really try and reduce that every single day so it's thinking about um your everyday life what can you do to bring real big stress levels down and so turning to things like cbt it's all about understanding your thoughts your behaviors and mindfulness meditation journaling yoga yeah. All that kind of stuff, we need it in our lives. You really do need downtime. And I know, like yourself with young kids as well, we all you know, have highly, highly stressed lives. But when you get to this stage, it's more important than ever to, instead of putting it to the bottom of your pile, normally, you know, when we talk about nutrition and, and lifestyle, we talk about your food and your exercise. And we do talk about, you know, you'll talk to your clients about, hydration and sleep and stress and trying to reduce those but generally people put them to the bottom of their pile and think yeah yeah yeah, I'll get to that one day I'll try and <laughs> yeah. reduce stress 
Um, but it's very, very important mm-hmm. at this stage to, you know, to cover that as much as you can. And it does mean some, maybe some big lifestyle choices mm-hmm. um, yeah. or big choices with work, etc. But absolutely, we need to get those stress levels down. So all these um, treatments are very, very good. Mm-hmm. And it, it, they do help your symptoms. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the main thing, isn't it? Trying to to help the symptoms, and I guess things like um, incorporating like mindfulness and um, journaling, um, you can do that at any age. Like you know, there's the the benefits. Like if you can get into the habit of doing that just now, like I know for myself, like this time last year, like, uh yeah, I started kind of delving into their like mindfulness and journaling, and it did take me a good little while. But like the differences that I see um, across all aspects of my life, just focusing more on like mindful breathing and getting all my thoughts out of my head and onto paper, like that it helps so much with um, like things like relationship with foods, relationship with exercise, like, and just my overall like anxiety and stress levels. So it's, it's it, you yeah. don't have to, again, you don't have to wait till you're menopausal or perimenopausal to, to start to include these things in your life. And like you say, it does, it can take a while to get into these kind of things. Yeah. You know, it, it sounds all great and lovely, but when you actually sit down to, to meditate or to mindfulness, whatever, you're like, what was this it? What what? And your mind's going at hundred miles miles yeah. an hour. So the sooner you can do it, um, the better. I had went to a, a retreat last weekend, and it was all it was yoga, it was meditation, it was sound bath, it was mantra, it was all oh. that kind of stuff. And I've been feeling pretty stressed recently with my youngest teenager, my darling son, <laughs> who's been testing me. Um, <laughs> and, and it's just been this constant sick feeling in my pit, pit of my stomach. Yeah. Um, and I actually almost wasn't going to go to this day because there had been drama the night before and I thought, no, I can't leave. I need to stay home and deal with this. But I was like, no, I need to go and, and like you say, get out of my own head and get the thoughts out and just get some perspective and find some peace. Mm-hmm. And I then came back a different person you know if, yeah. I, if I had just stayed in the situation I'm um, highly highly stressed there would have been all sorts of emotions and arguments mm-hmm. and goodness knows what but the fact that I took myself out of that um, and you know got, gained that perspective and came back much calmer and could deal with the situation and so that goes for any situation whether it is dealing with teenagers with work with your food it, mm-hmm. it just makes you a better person to be able to deal with all that kind of stuff so 100% we all need it in our lives definitely. everyone will start meditating <laughs> yes namaste <laughs> um so if we get down to thinking more about lifestyle so we are potentially like us as coaches can come in and we can help um and it's like staying like healthy and active postmenopausal, perimenopausal like basically just how to try and stay active um through your lifestyle choices so if we think about like exercise and nutrition um like that kind of side of things um what kind of stuff like if we talk about exercise like what kind of stuff would you recommend um clients who are going through like perimenopause menopause um what they what they do yes so exercise is a wonderful thing like you and I both know but particularly at this stage in life a lot of women are put off exercise because of just how they're feeling, you know, and it could be the anxiety is highly, anxiety, 
highly anxious, but a lot of women, it's the joint pains, it's mm -hmm. the, the pelvic floor, which tends to weaken yeah. at this stage as well. There's lots of different reasons for women not to exercise, but actually this is the time we should be exercising. It's mm -hmm. more important than ever. But what I'll say is that this is the perfect time to maybe tweak your kind of exercise regime. So if you've previously, like my background as well, was always quite high intense, city exercise um, but if you think about what we just said and speaking about stress and cortisol levels high intensity exercise increases your cortisol levels yeah. and that's how we get fitter you know all that kind of stuff your your stress levels are raised and then your body combats it and gets stronger and, and fitter but fast forward now that high intensity exercise right, raising your cortisol levels we don't have the estrogen to combat that so you're constantly in this highly stressed um, situation. You don't feel that you're making any progress with mm -hmm. the exercise that you're doing, even though you might have done it for years, but suddenly you just feel like you're hitting a brick wall. You're feeling completely exhausted by it. And that's this is the reason why, is your body internally is changing mm -hmm. and adapting to these reducing hormones. So it's again, it's something that I didn't really appreciate or think about when I started um, looking into menopause but when you again when you understand it it starts to make a lot more sense and mm -hmm. so many women had come to me in their 40s and saying like I'm still eating the same I'm still training the same but I just feel like I'm not getting anywhere or I feel like I'm putting on weight I feel like I'm getting you know um this tummy that I've never had before and it's all this kind of stuff going on um in your body so it's a really good time to tweak your regime to strength training so yes. strength training yeah. is you know where it's at basically yeah. it's super super important at any stage in life um but particularly as we get into perimenopausal years we need to look at our bone density uh -huh. um and that's for us going forward to our, our later years as well again with our reducing estrogen and hormone levels we need to keep our uh, bones strong so strength training is super super important for that so a lot of women and clients will say to me, oh, I'm too old for that now, strength training. And I'm like, no, you're not too old. You need to be doing it regularly. Yeah, more important now. now. Absolutely. Um, so that's really important. But and the good thing is, like we've spoken about, this is something that anyone can do now because the more strength work you do in your younger years, it's yeah. actually ban banking bone density. So it's, it does it's crazy, it. isn't it? Like, yeah. if you can increase your curve, like, so if you can start strengthening um, younger, and that means that there's less, like, the the, the dam or the not the damage, but the the more bone density you've got, so yep. Yep. your risks are reduced a little bit. Absolutely. So it is. It just it just makes so much sense to to do it. So what I would say to women then is make sure within your week and your your in terms of exercise that you are getting strength training in so a lot of us are really busy and so short in time so you need to make smart choices and I know a lot of us love that high intensity like totally burst feeling of you know that exercise and I love it as well but it's just getting the balance right if you're doing all this cardio 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 and not enough strength training you're just not you're doing all this cardio and you're not getting any benefit from it your body's not going to thank you for it mm -hmm. so it's about adjusting the balance slightly and yes you can still do that kind of stuff but not at the expense of strength training so prioritize strength training first and yeah. then if you have time 
in our busy lives, you can add in whatever, you know, cardio that, that you want to on top of that. But do it because you enjoy it and you love it, not yeah. because you think it's that's the be all and end all that's going to give you the benefits. It's not. Mm-hmm. Strength training is going to increase your bone density. It's going to increase your muscle mass, yeah. which a lot of women think menopause and they think, oh, weight gain. It's not, it is common, but it's not inevitable. And it's common when you actually look at it, menopause doesn't cause weight gain. The um, mechanics of, you know, fat, fat loss remain the same. But quite often what happens is when we get into our 40s and beyond, our muscle mass, all else being the same, our muscle mass reduces, which means that our metabolism reduces. So if you're eating and training the same way, your metabolism reduces without you realising it. So then... Mm -hmm weight starts to creep on so that's important to build muscle mass and keep muscle mass which is another reason why we need to strain strain and it's going to keep that metabolism up again so that's important um for your strain training and just um look as well you know so many women say i want i want to be toned look at these arms you know and i I want toned arms it's like well we need to strength train then no amount of cardio is going to give you no arms yeah so it is, it's all about that, getting the balance right, thinking about your stress levels. Um, and it's something that people don't really think about with exercise, is it? You don't think about those you know, high-intensity sessions as being a stressor on your body. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are. So it's interesting to think about that. And also adding in some, like we said, yoga, mobility to mm-hmm. your exercise programme as well. So that's the kind of ideal um, balance, I would say, strength training extra cardio or walking walking is wonderful walking's you, amazing exactly um i should never be underestimated no. and some kind of yoga and mobility if you can as well so that's a good balance but it's all about thinking about the, the time that you have and if you're stressed um pushed for time being as efficient as you can mm-hmm. and i think that's something as well because there's this same so it's a really cool study but it's like remembering that something is better than nothing so for like the first 60 minutes of um like physical activity that the reduce there's like a huge reduction in um, your risk of prematurely dying <laughs> like yeah. but that's yeah. that's 60 minutes and that's not 60 minutes like a day that's 60 minutes in your week so that could be three 20 minute sessions three 20 minute weight sessions yeah. in a week which yeah. like that that if like if you can prioritize you can you can like try and fit in three 20 minute sessions in a week like yeah um, and it, I think it's remember next I think a lot of women are like oh I've got so much to do like I've got this 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 like the kids need to do this and like you've just your your week is packed like everyone's totally. week is packed but yeah. if you if you kind of think well I actually only have to do three 20 minute sessions like those are more than yeah. manageable um, definitely definitely and it is it's just breaking it down like that and, and prioritizing it and but what a lot of women do, and it is, it's like you said, like three, three 20 minute weight sessions. And again, it doesn't need to be, you don't need to go to the gym, big heavy weights. You can do your body weight stuff at home. Yeah. And it's thinking about that. Quite often women will think, oh, I've got 20 minutes, I'll go for a run, which yeah. is fine. You can go for a run, but make sh- like what's going to benefit your body more. Running can, you know, you're putting extra pressure on your joints, et cetera, which are suffering already with the lack of estrogen. So go for a run, yes, but get your strength training done first. In 20 minutes, you can do 
Yeah. Um, and I know you've posted videos as well. It's like, right, I've got 20 minutes here. Here's what I can do. That mm-hmm. is going to, it's it, with your food as well, more into that in a minute with your diet, but with your exercise as well and your food, it's like for every session, it's thinking, what can I do here that my body is really going to thank me for? I'm actually going to gain something from this session. Yeah. And that's what you get with the, the strength training. Yeah. And I think like when you're talking about like exercise, like the, the um improvements that can have on like uh, menopausal symptoms, like so um like it can improve your mood, um, it can reduce hot flushes, yeah. it can help with poor sleep, with depressive yeah. um episodes with fat gain. Like if you're thinking about all the things that you're gonna gain from doing that exercise, like I know, like let's face it, like we are not all motivated to exercise all the time. Like we both love exercise and there's gonna be times where we're like, no. Nah, it's just it's not happening today but you have to like those are the days that count the most those are the days you have to push and I always think like on days that I can't be bothered like so today for instance like I, my day just ended up like it was just manic like it just it was supposed to be like a nice child child free day and it just has not ended up like this so for me to get to the gym it just wasn't it just it couldn't happen today but I did a quick 15 minute workout with it and I didn't want to do it but in my head I was thinking of all the stuff that I was going to like all the benefits I was going to get after I'd finished and it's I guess it's like it's doing what you can with what you've got like and not getting too hung up that things don't look perfect and you're not getting you don't have to go to the gym for an hour a day to see results like you absolutely don't exactly and it's that mindset that's important we Mm -hmm. all know about our clients who have that all or nothing mindset and it's like oh well if I can't do what I wanted to do perfectly then what's the point I'll do nothing and it's like no there is a point it's you know you're you're, it's always better to do to to do something that you because you are getting some benefit from it so that mindset is definitely super important yeah and if we speak about the nutrition now um like yes. what kind of what kind of nutritional strategies do you um advise or do you give to your clients okay so the number one thing is now is the time to put away all the fears that you've had in the past about food anything negative about food because we've all been there over the years you do become kind of fixated on the negative points about food you see you know you think about calories or evil calories you think about you know gaining fat and weight and scared to eat things we have a lot of fears around food that we've built up over many many years now is the time to scrap all that readdress the balance and think right my body's going through huge changes here there's so much leaving my body Mm -hmm. now I need to start thinking about food as a chance to give back yeah nourish you know, nourish your body There's so much leaving and um you know all these changes happen now's the time to actually think every meal is an opportunity to give back to your body so mm-hmm. it's about changing your thinking around food and the benefits that it can give you and i'll speak to my clients as you will as well about calories because it's, it's um, important just to understand you know what that's all about but I, I try not to use the word calorie because it's got such negative connotations. So mm-hmm. it's thinking, right, a calorie is actually a unit of energy. Yep. So if you have really low calories, you're going to have le- really low energy. So it's mm-hmm. thinking about it differently and thinking, okay, right. that's So it's, is it any wonder then when you're eating hardly anything that you feel a cap? Because you're just not giving your body the energy that it needs. So mm-hmm. it's thinking about that. It's making sure that, you are getting enough energy into your body because you're feeling like rubbish anyway. Give yourself at least a chance to feel mm-hmm. good by yep. giving yourself enough energy. 
So that's the number one thing, re, kind of reframing how you view food. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's taking a step back and, and, and immediately you'll have people saying, well, what supplements do I take? What supplements do I need? It's like, right, no, let's look at the basics first. Yeah. Think, and it's, it is, it's taking that step back and thinking, you know, even maybe if you were a child, what does a, a healthy diet look like? And it is, it's getting back to those basics, lovely, colourful food, simple protein, just a really good variety. And by doing that, you're immediately improving your diet and your um, chances of feeling a bit better. So that's that's the kind of the, the first thing. Um, and then it's eating regularly as well. Yeah. When we get to this um, kind of stage, and I think especially women who have been frustrated with maybe a bit of extra weight gain, then they'll start to reduce, particularly on a Monday, um, reduce the amount of food that they're going to eat and um, the time between eating as well. So they, they immediately start to to restrict, which is not going to do any good for the way you're, you're feeling, for your blood sugar levels, all these um, energy ups and ups and downs. We need to try and stabilise you and your feelings and your energy throughout the day. So mm-hmm. it's not going too long between meals. It's, you know, kind of, if within three hours really you want to kind of be eating something to keep those then the blood sugars up and it's again it's going for those nice nutritious sources of food that are going to benefit you and make you feel better mm-hmm. so it's just it's all about getting that balance protein as well is really important we know yeah. it's important because um it's going to keep you fuller for longer but it's also really important again we're giving back to your body it's important for your hair your nails your skin so many processes that are going on um, within your body and also for helping with your your muscle mass yeah um, which goes hand in hand with the the exercise side of it so it really that's the key thing is to try and lose the negative vibes the focus on restriction and calories um and think about nourishing your body first of all um and now as we've spoken about the the kind of rules or the science of fat loss doesn't actually change you know energy balance is what it's all about but I think that kind of comes later I think you Mm -hmm. need to the first focus absolutely needs to be give yourself as much of the good food as you can the nutrients and vitamins and minerals that you get from food try and get into a good habit with that with eating regularly with drinking water staying hydrated it's the basics cover that off first Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if fat loss is an issue for you, then you can look to tweak that further down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but absolutely need to cover that basis first. Yeah. And I think it's 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 one of the ironic things as well, isn't it? Like when you get to like the menopause puzzle age and you fat loss, it does become it becomes harder. And it's it's not because like like you say like the energy equation changes it doesn't but you've got all these these symptoms and your lifestyle changes and it, it, that's what makes it harder it's it's yeah. um yeah. like the actual like and and I guess that's where again people were looking at like what's the best diet what what what's the best diet for me to be doing like what's is it a special menopausal diet and thing and it's like it's mm-hmm. it's there's this, these things don't exist like you do have to it is about being mindful of like the nutrients that you're putting into your body um but also like like you say like 
practicing some self-compassion and giving you giving your your body that the nutrients because it's worthy of feeling good and it's worthy of getting these things in because it is losing so much like during this time yeah yep that's exactly it and like we say the the energy balance equation doesn't change doesn't change but it's all these other lifestyle factors all the additional stresses and how you're Mm -hmm. feeling lack of sleep so I think you've got to take some time to to think about that and thinking gosh my life is a bit different to what it was five or ten years ago or however many years ago I need to give myself a break and be like right and understanding right okay yeah maybe that is why weight's keeping on as well and but realizing that is important and also realizing realistically what kind of lifestyle you want to lead and what that means for your for your body as well you know Mm -hmm. you're not like you were in your 20s when you had a lot more maybe free free time things are very different now so it's for you to to make that choice and say do you know what I actually like going out you know out for out for dinner with my friends just to 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 shoot the breeze to relax and chill and I absolutely want that to be part of my life so what does that mean for for my body mm-hmm. and more of us need to make peace with that and it's not I have this conversation a lot with women because they're always comparing themselves to how they were in their er- earlier years and it's not that you're giving up and saying oh you know oh well then like you hear folk oh well it's just I've, I've reached a certain age now so that's me hat had it had it oh well I've reached menopause now I'll use that as an excuse as well it's not that you're giving up it's just accepting that your life is different now mm-hmm. yeah and making peace with that I always remember when my Yasmin who's now 16 when she was a baby um we were at one of her baby groups and we were all quite had good really good careers you know I was in investment banking we had a lawyer a head teacher we're all you know really good jobs and we we're all sitting with the babies and saying it was that whole going back to work chat can you have it all and somebody said you can have it all but it doesn't need to be all at once and that's yeah. something that stuck with me forevermore mm-hmm. because yep I had that you know I had that fancy job and career and then I moved on and, and I was lucky enough to be able to stay at home with the kids for about eight years doing that and then I move on and, and I'm now doing what I'm doing and it's the same with your body and your lifestyle as well I work with a client at the moment who always goes back to well, I used to be able to do handstand press-ups and I used to be able to, you know, do all that crazy CrossFit stuff. And now, you know, she's had a lot of health issues and she she absolutely cannot and should never be doing that stuff again. And that's what I say to her. I said, but you're lucky enough to have experienced that in the past. No, there's not a lot of people that can say that. Yeah. So, you know, remember it's, that and realise that. Yeah, it's been able to reframe it. I think that's where as coaches, like it's such a it's such a important part of our job is to, to let clients, or to make clients see that, yeah, they might not be able to do these things now, but like you, there was a time that you could and you got to experience it. And like, that's the reframe right there. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, I was going, I was going to say something else, but it's, it's, it's lost. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. I'll come back to you. Yeah, probably will. Um, yeah. And I, I guess like, again, with the, the benefits of exercise, like if, if we're speaking about like the benefits of improving the quality of your diet, so making sure you're getting plenty of fruit and veg, you're getting like lean sources of protein, um, like your uh, whole grains, potatoes, like yeah. healthy fats yeah. in there, like that's actually going to reduce your symptoms of menopause. Yeah. Like it's going to help reduce a lot of the symptoms that you're experiencing versus like a diet that is highly high in processed foods or saturated fats um that is going to increase them but again it's like 
no food is bad. Like they all have a place in a healthy diet. Like you just want yeah. to potentially focus more on the nutrient dense side of things, but yeah. still include a little bit of the highly processed stuff. And Absolutely. I guess it's like what you were saying about before about like your your life changing. It's it's like yeah, your life changes. Like like my life now compared to where it was five years ago is completely different. But I think it's more so like my values have changed. So when you're speaking about like like um going like when you reach like menopausal age and stuff and you want to go out with your your friends like connection could be like a really high value and I guess it's way not like like you value connection so even if you have a fat loss goal like you do want to still include that because that is like the and your kind of healthy outlook or your healthy uh, lifestyle like that is a big thing that you value and it's I guess it's knowing your values and a lot of people don't know their values Um, but once you know your values like your decisions become so much easier to make yeah and you don't feel that that like almost regret for making them because you're like well this is this is what I value now and and you just kind of go on with it and you just and then yeah like life just feels so much better doing that yeah it does exactly and so it's a nice place it can take many 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 years to get to that place and to realize yeah. and quite often we do need the help of a coach or or someone else to help us realize that but just on that it's just came to me actually talking about going out in the social side alcohol is a big thing for yeah. um when we're kind of a bit a big thing for at all ages but um specifically when you kind of get to many perimenopausal years because of the effect it has on things like your sleep and disrupting disrupting your body which is already in such a, a state of chaos and flux um and so just being aware of that I would never tell and I'm sure you're the same as a coach as well never tell your clients to give up anything yeah. um, and I have not given up alcohol absolutely not but it's just really tuning into the effect it has on your body and is it worth it and, and mm-hmm. all that kind of yeah. all that kind of thing so um see my when I was had the London lifestyle, it was all about you know constant champagne and all that kind of stuff, and I love and I love that kind of style of it. Um, but nowadays I'm more of a, a two two glasses of red wine at the weekend, and I'm by. And yeah. even when I have that, those two glasses, I know I'm going to wake up in the night. I'm going to like drink water, so it does it disrupts you and it makes you feel rubbish the next day, and it's just really tuning in on how it makes you feel. Now economics is what I studied and there is quite a few things quite a few things that um, now tie into what I do now and one of the those was something called utility and it basically measures your the enjoyment that we get from things and mm-hmm. back in the day we um, our tutor used to say like Mars bars imagine you had all these Mars bars and you were starving and you, you eat that first Mars bar and you get a lot of utility from that Mars bar then you go for the second one yeah you might still enjoy it but your utility's fallen a little and then the next one right you're feeling sick now but you just eat it anyway mm-hmm. so I'd like to kind of talk to my clients about that when it comes to alcohol as well because it, it does resonate with me as well like that first glass of red wine is oh it's wonderful you know it just makes me feel nice it tastes lovely and you know I really really enjoy it usually the second glass yep I'll enjoy too but then anything after that just we're just drinking it just for the sake of it not actually getting any enjoyment from it so it's just you know you'll talk to your clients as well about everything in moderation and it's just mm-hmm. really tuning into right what what do I actually want from this 
you know, glass of wine or, or whatever, whatever it might be, and then getting what you want from it. And then, you know, that's me. I've, I've had my film now, like move on and know yeah. that, yeah, okay, my sleep might not be as good as if I didn't have any wine, but I know it's not going to be as bad if, if I kept going. So it's just making those choices and being aware um, of how it affects you. And that takes time as well, doesn't it? Like, because you're not oh, going to know yeah. the first time. Like, and I guess sometimes, like, when it comes to alcohol, like, a lot of people think, like, they're not going to be fun in nights out or they're not going to have fun if they don't drink. Mm-hmm. But you need to go and not drink to realize that you do still have a good night and yeah, have exactly. an even better next day when everyone's hungover and you're like, well, I'm totally that's fine. That's <laughs> this, this mug, sober one. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And that's just like that whole when you're at this stage when your life is just so crazy and you're feeling so stressed all the time you really can be doing with a day where you just feel so bad and you're struggling to deal with things anyway you don't need something else that's going to make it worse so alcohol is one of those things that is just worth looking at and I get that I totally get the whole highly if you're feeling highly stressed then that that people do use it as a way to relieve that stress um but it's a kind of never-ending negative cycle so Mm -hmm. like all the other things we've spoken about for um helping with stress you know make sure you've got a, enough of that in your life so that it's not just turning to to the wine because it's yeah. not the answer yeah. <laughs> um so i'm kind of conscious of time now so what we'll do is we'll just run through we've got i think we've got about five or six questions okay. um, yeah. we'll just run through these so these are some some client questions and also some questions um that we popped up in our own separate um, instagram pages yep. Um, so first one are what are the essential nutrients I should uh, make sure that I'm having okay kind of, kind of covered this haven't we yeah um, that's it. it is it's just making sure that you're getting that nice variety um and perimenopause you want to make sure that you are getting um, enough kind of vitamin d and calcium are the kind of yep. important ones for your bone health etc but again eating an, a good diet full of leafy green vegetables you get a lot of this stuff from that a lot of colorful food cover that base first and you will get a lot of those mm-hmm. um and then if you want in scotland anyway we would always recommend supplementing with vitamin d because yep. we live in such terrible <laughs> weather conditions so that's mm-hmm. one that i would recommend something supplementing with um and calcium you can obviously get from like your dairy and leafy veg as well um but yeah if you're just making sure that your diet is, has a really good base of all that good stuff then mm-hmm. okay yeah um and then second question menopause causing thinning of the hair yes no that's actually something i don't know I, it is it's um, that's pretty common as well i think around 40 percent of women will experience wow. yeah. um, this and yet again, the culprit is your oestrogen. Yeah. Oestrogen um, helps with uh, the, the growth phase of your hair. So a, a lot of women do, they'll find like, you know, clumps of the hair coming out, find it when you when you brush your hair, but can really see it in the scalp, which mm-hmm. can be quite disheartening for a lot, for a lot of women. Um, but conversely, what's happening as well is with the testosterone changes is that yes, you could be losing hair on your head, but a lot of women then start to grow darker hair, like on their lip and chin. Oh, really? Which is obviously double whammy. It's, uh-huh. It can be quite, um, you know, quite depressing, really. Yeah. Um, again, kind of ad- addressing the the hormonal issues if you can, if you're taking HRT or anything like yeah. that, and can help with that. 
Um, but for the hair loss, it's again, it's just being gentle with yourself. So think about things like um, the treatments that you're using in your hair. So mm-hmm. use choose a really gentle shampoo and conditioner. Try and reduce heat heat treatments or your straighteners and dry, constant drying um, mm-hmm. on your hair as well. So those kind of things. Um, uh, some people talk about collagen. Um, okay. helping that 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 kind of thing as well but just really y- your diet again can mm-hmm. help so antioxidants you know things like strawberries blueberries beans that kind of thing which you know cover that base of a healthy diet is going to help all these kind of things so yeah, yeah it is unfortunately something that is very common Um, there's not a huge a lot that you can do about it obviously it depends on the extent of it as well i do know women who've then turned to kind of specialist hair growth um treatments and things like that mm-hmm. um so there will be options out there but in general you know if you can address the hormone imbalance and then just try and treat your hair as best as you can mm-hmm. yeah but yeah another it's- another lovely factor <laughs> to think about <laughs> Um, the next question is, it's quite a specific one. Um, and again, this is something that I found very interesting because I hadn't actually, I didn't even know it was a thing, but um, I have a very unusual symptom, um, histamine intolerance. So any advice on low histamine foods that are not processed would be very helpful. So this is, again, this is an interesting one and it's something that I hadn't come across until um, I started um, working with the ladies at the menopause clinic um, and it's honestly it's you you mention some sort of symptom and they'll say oh yes you know it's menopause related and it can be helped with HRT or, or or whatever so yeah histamine intolerance and with perimenopause a lot of people get symptoms and things that they've never had in their life before so one of those things is things like hay fever never had hay fever before um, but suddenly perimenopause um, they have hay fever and so uh, that's all kind of linked with the, the histamine intolerance again mm-hmm. and it's those fluctuating hormone levels, estrogen levels that kind of um, that trigger it now um, HRT can actually make it worse so this is the yeah. one symptom like for a lot of the symptoms that we've spoken about HRT can make it a lot better but not this one um, mm-hmm. it can actually make it worse and because it gets worse with more estrogen your mm-hmm. estrogen intolerance so if you're taking more estrogen and HRT then it can fire up that intolerance with your with your estrogen diet wise so you you can get tested for this um at your at your doctor as well so always kind of go to your your GP yeah um, to talk about this but in terms of your diet there is things that you can do with your diet I'd say more so things to avoid so Mm -hmm. like we've been speaking about your diet keep it as nice and simple as possible so you know fresh meat fish vegetables fruit that kind of thing that is a really good base diet um, if you have these this histamine intolerance um foods to avoid number one up there not quite a food but what we're just speaking about is alcohol has a yeah. high histamine content and there's a lot of foods um that kind of change the histamine um the amount of histamine they have in them over time so mm-hmm. things like so a lot of the foods that are fermented 
that are generally we're told to include in our diet for gut health. So sauerkraut, kombucha, all that kind of stuff that generally people say, oh, have more of that stuff that's really good for your gut health is really high in histamines. So it's really getting an understanding of the foods to, to avoid. A lot of things as well, like spinach and avocado, which is quite sad, really, um, <laughs> have high levels of um, histamine. So again, um, it's uh, avoiding that. Dairy as well is another one that you need need to limit. So there's a lot of foods and drinks to make sure you avoid. Um, and a good way to um, to test your intolerance and your sensitivity is to kind of do have a bit of an elimination diet and mm-hmm. just strip it right back to the basics. Like I said, meat, fish, veg, fruit, simple diet, and see how that makes you feel over a few weeks. And then you can kind of add in you know, a bit more of something else and see see how it makes you feel and how it affects that. But it is, it's a, a really interesting one, specifically when it comes to the HRT as well. So that's definitely something that um, you need to speak to your GP about, um, a bit of trial yes. and error on that. And I, I guess if it's like, if it's Eastern, um, like impacts it as well, like across the month or across a few months, it could, yes. it could change as your Eastern levels change, your symptoms exactly. could change. Exactly yeah. that. So a lot of women have this, throughout their life it's not just something that you have in menopause it's something that people can have throughout their whole life mm-hmm. and your symptoms will change throughout your month as your estrogen you know estrogen levels vary and the symptoms mm-hmm. will vary as well but it is something that, that i think it's something like one in a hundred women have it but because it's quite um unknown then a lot more women can have it that, that we don't know about don't know. but mm-hmm. it is something that can be triggered by the onset of menopause as well so an interesting and unusual one but yeah I'm glad that was, uh, was kind of brought up and when I was reading up on it, it was actually from um is it Louise New Newson News yes yes so it was her website which is um is it Newson Health Newson Health yes that's yeah. a very good um, resource yeah, for anybody such a good information and her um her Instagram handle as well I think it's the menopause doctor um yeah yeah is that she's got some amazing amazing content on there as well yes. It has and she has an app as well it's called oh, balance oh, so the balance app and that's that's really good and um, mm-hmm. a lot of the common topics and things on there so that's a really good resource and actually the lady that's opening up the clinic in air um it was like she was inspired by louise newson and the private clinics that she has down yes, south because yes. this lady had to travel down south to go to one of these clinics for her own treatment wow. which is why she thought no we need something like that locally yeah. So yeah, Louise Newson and all her kind of apps and um, Instagram is a very, very good source of information mm-hmm. for all this. Um, next question, does being on the pill affect menopause? So it can actually help symptoms being on the pill. Um, so that's something that's very important as well is when you um, think about menopause, we tend to think less about contraception, um, but that's obviously still really important if you're getting really irregular periods but you are still ovulating so you need to make sure that you are you keep on top of contraception as mm-hmm. well so if you are on the pill and thinking about our am i perimenopausal it can be more let's say not more difficult obviously the the regularity of your periods is going to be less of an issue because it's regulated by by the pill so you might not and recognize it that way but still be very aware of the a lot of the other symptoms that we've mentioned get the symptom yeah. checker check it out obviously think about your age and all that kind of stuff as well but actually being on the pill and the mini pill can help a lot of the symptoms 
So again, it's you need to speak to your GP about about options around contraception. It's um, they say I think they say once you get to fifty five, you can stop contraception altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you've not had period for two years, you can come off contraception if you're over fifty. Um, but certainly the pill and the mini pill do have some some benefits with some symptoms and mm-hmm. um, other options are the um, the coil the mirena coil which you get um, progesterone from which again going back to the, the pill as well that's you get progesterone through the pill so that um, is helping boost those levels within you mm-hmm. um, within your body as well mm-hmm. so cool. lots of lots of different options but yeah again everyone's very very different yeah speaks to their gp uh, and the last question, um, so dealing with training with heavy, unpredictable unpredictable periods. Periods. Blah. Horrible. Know. We know it's horrible. I know. Um, now, this is something a lot of women say, does HRT bring back periods? And because there, again, there's different ways in which like we spoke about HRT can be um, prescribed to you so if you are still having irregular periods then there's a different kind of um a way that hrt is prescribed that might regulate your periods for a while so you might not have had periods for months and months and months and then suddenly you go on this hrt and you're getting these periods again it might be heavy periods or regular periods where you've not had anything um sorry i've just got a dog down here it's (laughs) raking about my feet um so, and and then once you get after kind of six to twelve months, you would then be put on um, a different dose of HRT, which will then stop your periods. So it, it's difficult. I mean, at any at any stage in a female's life, if you've experienced irregular periods, heavy periods, it's quite it's it's horrible. You know, it doesn't doesn't feel nice in a lot of respects, but particularly when it comes to exercise. So for this, I would say it's be prepared. Mm-hmm. as usual you know don't please don't let it put you off exercising um as we've spoke about the benefits are fantastic so it's it's being as prepared as you can for any eventuality um in terms of you know, extra protection change of clothes wear dark colors all that all that all that kind of stuff but it's also just adapting your training to mm-hmm. how you're feeling as well and yeah. like we spoke about earlier, you know, you might have been going into the, the gym or whatever it is you're doing, intending to do X, but the way you're feeling with heavy periods, you just might not be up for it. So it's mm-hmm. being open to changing it, depending on how you feel and, yeah. and being okay with that. Yeah. And it should regulate again over time and start to reduce. So it's... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess it's, again, like having that self-compassion and being like, Right, well, I, I'm, I'm at the gym, I'm here, like I'm, I'm showing up for myself, but what I've got planned, I just know myself, it's not going to be, I'm not going to get the benefits from that, but yeah. what can I do? Because sometimes exactly. we're compassionate, the most compassionate thing you can do is to push yourself to do these things. Um, But it's like potentially, like if you do have a, a particularly heavy period or a bad period, like could you program in a deload week? Like if you have a coach, could you be like, right, well, do you know, and again, I, I like... Every woman's going. Every woman's going to be different. Like their their um their cycle, their periods, and and their symptoms of their period are going to be completely different. But like if you know you get heavy periods, like could that be something that you discuss with like your coach if you have one that like in the week of your periods um you have a deload week, 
or exactly. even even the week before if, if you get your the majority of your symptoms the week before your period like can you can you factor in a deload week here and I guess it's again keep maybe even keep a little diary like so you you kind of notice your trends and in, in, in your symptoms and then you kind of are tracking your period as well or like apps like clue definitely, um, definitely. So and you and that is a, yeah it isn't that something that you recommend for every woman to do is to yeah. to track their period and i know that then gets difficult at this stage where your periods do become really kind of irregular and when you've kind of not had them for a while and then they're, they're back and it is more more difficult to track but definitely that self-compassion and mm-hmm. You know, just do it. Do some. Do something. Because yeah. if you're then don't do anything and you're wallowing it and you're feeling bad anyway, it's not going to make you you feel um, any any better. So it's just move in a way that feels good. Yeah, and that you enjoy. Absolutely. Yeah. That's- well, thank you so, so much for your time and your brain. That was awesome. And I think yeah. lots of folk are going to get so much out of that. I know that I've learned so much. Um, so, talk about this all day. <laughs> I know. Um, if anybody's looking to like give you a follow or work with you, like where can they find out more information? Yep. So pop on my Instagram or Facebook um, at Love Food Nutrition and contact me um, through there my website as well love food nutrition um and reach out drop me a message about you know any of this stuff at all um, and say i could talk about it all day and sometimes just having offloading something can really help so please yeah. um, feel free to to reach out and get in touch perfect and i will add that to the show notes so if anybody wants to go and uh, drop lorraine a message then um the information could be found down there but thank you again and uh, i know you're going back to the gym you get pt again tonight don't you yes busy busy <laughs> um, i'm gonna go and pick my children up so um, but thanks again for your time i really appreciate it you're welcome that was great nice to talk thanks. to you you too right. see, see you later, later. bye